0: Welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am, as always, your host, Amy Gray Cunningham. Thank you all for joining me for another amazing episode. Do you believe you need money to be happy? Or do you think money is the root of all evil? Today's guest, Morgana Ray, is going to teach us how to slay our money monsters and fall madly and deeply in love with your money, honey. Yes, it's going to be exciting. Morgana Ray is an internationally acclaimed life coach, speaker, and author of the Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, where you will learn all you need to know about your money, honey. She has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Cosmopolitan magazines. She is absolutely amazing, and I know you're going to love her. But before we get into my conversation with Morgana, I wanted to let you know about next Sunday's episode. I am talking with Mr. Joe Fletcher, all about mental health, addiction, spirituality, and the three principles of the universal mind. It's a very thought-provoking interview, and I know you won't want to miss it. So join me on Sunday, September 4th at 9 a.m. Eastern for this awesome episode. And also, I wanted to let you know about a workshop that I'm going to be doing in the Charlotte area on September 18th from 2.30 to 5.30 at Sanctuary Imports on Lamar Avenue. This will be an in-person workshop. The workshop is all about accessing your digs, as I like to call it, or your divine inner guidance system. And I will teach you a very simple, fun process to access your Akashic records or your digs And by using your digs, you can manifest the life of your desire. So if you're tired of making those pesky pros and cons lists when it comes to making decisions, then this workshop is definitely for you, because I will teach you how to throw away those lists once and for all. So join me as we tap into your inner guidance system or digs for clear, precise directions that never fail. The information about the workshop, the location, and how to register is provided in the show notes, so please go there to check it out. I am expecting it to fill up rather fast, so if you would like to join us, please don't wait. Reserve your seat today. And also, don't forget, please subscribe to Apple or whatever app you use to listen to this podcast. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or YouTube. All the links are provided in the show notes. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter. This way you don't miss, as always, a new episode when it's available. And if you like what you hear on Butterfly Kisses, I ask you to please leave us a review. Five stars would be awesome. <laughs> so please share it with your friends and family. The more we can inspire others to shine their light, the more impact we can make on the world. So now please help me welcome Ms. Morgana Ray. Welcome, Morgana. Thank you so much for joining us. So we were just sitting here chit-chatting about money and raising prices and feeling the, uh, about feeling worthy enough to even begin to raise prices.
1: Oh, well, that's huge. That's such a huge thing for spiritual do-gooders. And <laughs> it should be, it should be. You know, money, money is such a, it's such a mirror of our experience of life. And it represents so much, including power. And we, and we Mm -hmm. see so much abuse out in the world. We're not imagining it. And so if you're a healer, do-gooder type, and -hmm. you don't want to cause harm, in fact, you want to help. Being in integrity with money and your pricing is really, really important, and by the way, undercharging is not in integrity. It is as much out of integrity as overcharging, which is also not something to do. But what happens is you will you'll actually repulse people if you undervalue it's and it's kind of insulting to to money itself, and we can go into that deeper. But it doesn't bring out your best, it doesn't bring out the best of your clients. It's not I think write this this paradigm that the healers and the do-gooders of the world should struggle and be distracted by all this money drama while people who do harm thrive. That's not a world that I want to live in. So for me, it's really, it always comes back to integrity and alignment. And, and I was sharing with you that when I've stayed at too low a price point, because I will outgrow price points over mm-hmm. and over and over again, when i stay too long and it's no longer in integrity one of the signs for mm-hmm. me is oh my god people are not signing up for things that they used to sign up for really easily in fact i'm it's almost like i'm energetically repulsing clients and what i have found crazy is that when i raised my rates suddenly suddenly all these people who were not hiring me at the cheaper amount suddenly were hiring me at the higher price. And we're talking about a leap decades and decades ago from when I was charging, I think, $375, $375. and it was, I remember nobody was taking advantage of saying, this is the last time I'm going to be charging this amount. And nobody said yes. And then the next month I jumped up to 1500 because somebody told me that, you know, for the results you're getting, you can't charge less than that. And I got 20 people at 1500 and made $30,000. That was my first, this was very, very long time ago, like mm-hmm. easy peasy. Then years back for my money goddess retreat, I knew I was supposed to charge $12,000, raise it from 10000 But I I did such a like only spiritual people will understand this. I hesitated and instead I charged eleven thousand eleven hundred. right? 11, mm-hmm. 11 right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on a retreat that's always very, very tiny because I coach everybody individually. And like I've, you know, Perry started at zero and made over $12 million the following three years. And On a you know made one point two million dollars in four months. It's like probably my biggest millionaires maker. My money goddess retreat, and the year that I was like, oh, I'll just do this cute thing. I only had three people, only three people. The following year, I bumped it up to twelve thousand, and I had a full retreat. So. You know, it's that like weird, oh, I'm not comfortable with money. I'm having some kind of judgment or shame or fear about money really is repulsive mm-hmm. to money. When I'm making money a monster and I don't even know that I'm doing it. And and I I brought up the whole money monster thing because we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. that. That's sort of my signature. And what I'm being totally transparent about is that, relationship with money is a lifetime relationship mm-hmm. and so it's dynamic you don't just say oh i love you we're good to go and then that's it for the rest of your life any more than i can just say i love you to my husband once and never show love ever again <laughs> and i don't know if you know this but my husband and i are getting weak we met in 10 years ago in august and when i was 45 we i got married my first marriage when we're 47 back in 2014 and he came up with the idea hey let's get married 100 times in 100 countries by the way I had slayed my love monster two months before meeting him and so not only like are we making up for lost time but like there's an abundance of love and we're 26 weddings deep into this getting married 100 times in 100 countries and there's no reason to ever stop my relationship with my husband works because we are in communication and loving and affectionate and then cleaning stuff up when we're not all the time. Mm -hmm. Money being disembodied, abstract concept, a little more challenging to have that same level of love and appreciation and give and talk and communication. So I'm going to give you some tips for that. And when I who kind of created the whole thing uh even i when i start to take money for granted or i'm seeing things in the world that are making me feel really uncomfortable and i'm starting to hold you know my relationship with life and money at arm's length and not even noticing it money will get my attention hello remember me and then i get to have a closer relationship with money that evolves me and and like raises my own level of integrity and love and, and congruency. All of this is going to be not very helpful without some context, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm being very abstract right now.
0: How did this money relationship start for you?
1: I believe, because I've coached many, many thousands of people through this process Mm -hmm. over the last 20 years, I believe we all have a relationship with money, but we don't know it. And I was talking about this before anybody was talking about relationship with money and how we know this and why I focus on money when actually I'm really focusing on life. But I like to call it money because as I said, coaching so many people for so long now, about 28 years, I've noticed that money is the number one excuse that we human beings give for anything we can't have, do, or be. Yes. I can't afford it or because I know people and I've coached clients with hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. I've coached people on public assistance and billionaires. And if you think that money anxiety goes away when you have more money, no, it just changes. In fact, the stakes can get even bigger, you know? So we have this relationship with money. It serves as sort of the, the limiter in our human existence. My husband, the Kabbalist, likes to talk about Bina on the tree of life, the dark goddess of potentiality, which is also the, the goddess of death. <laughs> because it because that defines things more than anything else so money is is a measure and a limiter in our human experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's really because money is made up and invented
0: mm-hmm. it
1: simply really doesn't exist it's a human invention a kind of a shared delusion in which we all imagine that one purse is worth five dollars and another we Purse is worth $5,000, but they're just bad. Mm-hmm. But we've all decided to say, oh, this is valuable and this isn't. So the reason money is such a big, important issue is because of what it represents. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most obvious is it represents value, mm-hmm. the, how much value we place on things and how much we are valued. You look at how some really horrible, stupid, bad people are treated like gods because they have a lot of money and money not only represents value but it represents love am i loved am i wanted Mm -hmm. it represents safety am i safe like Mm -hmm. in real tangible terms do i have a roof do i have medicine do i have food Mm -hmm. am i a target all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, Do I have the resources to stay safe? And power. Do I have power or am I powerless? Any feelings of victimhood and powerlessness, it's going to show up. It's going to show up. And so I was not conscious of any of this until about 20 years ago. I'd already been coaching for a number of years in the entertainment industry. I had taken Clients with no credits at all, actors, and coach them. And very, very quickly, they were doing big budget movies, becoming, you know, series regulars on primetime TV series, winning awards. Directors were selling their films for first films for large amounts of money. Producers, I was just, I had sort of a magic touch. I've always been very intuitive, I, I'm a connector. And so that's where I started. In the coaching world, in two thousand uh, sorry, in nineteen ninety four, and so I had like mountains of testimonials from celebrities. I had the business cards, the websites, the brochures, the taglines, the public speaking. People who wanted to hire me, and I was living in Los Angeles, and I was struggling to make a hundred dollars a month. Impressive, no? Wow. Like Ivy League education, half a dozen certifications, master practitioner, master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, Ericksonian hypnosis, collective coaching, and a trainer—all of it. Like I could get results that would blow you away, and I was struggling to make a hundred dollars a month. That is—that can you hear how competitive wow. I am? Even a <laughs> failure that oh my but I laugh about it now but oh my god oh my god it was so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it felt like the universe was some sadistic bully and Mm -hmm. here I finally knew what I was here to do with this life I found my talent that could use like a lifetime of questioning since ch- childhood. What is it to be human? What is the nature of the universe? How do we have a better human experience here? Being the kid who would help grownups feel better about themselves, which is totally messed up, but that was who I was. And I finally had this gift and people were making money and being successful and spreading the word. And there was something in me or in existence that would not let me make money. And I felt like the universe was just teasing me. And I was living off of credit cards and borrowed money and debt. And so I would take more classes, another marketing class, another coaching certification, a class on overcoming sales objections. That was like the final straw. I took a class that teaches you the magic words. That's their marketing, not mine. That You say when somebody wants wants to hire you, air quotes for people who are listening to the audio, Um, oh, I'd love to hire you, but I can't afford it, or I don't have the time, or whatever, and there are these things that you're supposed to say that will overcome their objections and convince them to hire you, and I'm such a good student, like I was Dean's Smith college after a coma and a traumatic brain injury I'm you know, <laughs> a good student. And I, so I said the magic words and seven people in a row said, okay, I'll hire you. And the punchline is those seven people never showed up for the first session and never paid me. And that is when I lost like my last gasp of hope. Just, I ran out and I despaired. And I remember being in the little bedroom of my tiny one bedroom apartment that I could not afford, mm. pulling clothes, the blackout curtains, getting on my bed, laying down and just screaming, screaming, wailing, raging, crying, heartbroken, heartbroken. Mm. The universe hated me. I hated the universe back. And I did not want to be here. What's the point? What's the point? I couldn't support myself. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want it. I didn't want to be alive. And it was so painful. So anybody who's going through that, I know it felt so rejecting by everything. And I felt so powerless. I'd done everything. I was taking classes that were teaching me how to do what I was already doing. That's real, really awful. So not only was I not making money, I was spending money on stuff that wasn't working. And I had a coach, which is insane, right? If you think Mm -hmm. about it, I didn't have money for rent or insurance, but I still had a coach. Thank goodness, because that saved my life. I was in that dark, dark place of, I had done everything, nothing worked. And I had a coaching call like really soon after this letdown of the seventh person blowing me off. And I came to my coach, just such a mess of hopelessness, despair, fury, all of it. And he asked me a question. I've been working with him for months like lovely, lovely coach. And he would say, do this. And I would do this. And it didn't work for me. And on this call, he asked me just the weirdest question that completely changed my life. Who knows where he got this inspiration, but he just said, Morgana, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And I saw the person instantly. My money person was this big, scary, dirty, violent biker who caused fights and terrified me. I knew he was going to kill me. Mm. And I never imagined that I felt that way about money until that moment. Never even occurred to me. I thought I wanted money to buy things and feel good about myself. I never knew that I felt that way about money. Sure, there were things in my childhood like every human being on earth of family fights over money, people not talking to each other, seeing the disparity of income between this friend who lives in a big house and that friend who lives in kind of squalor. I've seen all that kind of stuff. I have strong opinions about all that stuff, but I never knew that I felt like money was a person who was bad. And he wanted to harm me in particular. And what's interesting is when it had that human form, tall, bald, long sideburns, wife beater, kind of undershirt, just but it wasn't what he looked like. It was what he felt like was really dangerous. And I immediately imagined myself at a life event and I could see myself watching him constantly to create maximum distance between us. And that was my big aha moment. Because until then, I had no idea that I was keeping distance intentionally between myself and money. I didn't know that. Unconsciously, I was creating distance. Consciously, I was doing everything right. Everything right to make money. doesn't matter doesn't Mm -hmm. matter the unconscious always 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 wins (laughs) so everything I'm going to teach you is designed to integrate the two so that they're on the same team and honestly beyond that if you have love and all your highest values playing on one team and money on the other everybody loses you have to have them on the same team so as soon as I was aware that money was this bad dude. And he wasn't going to change. And it suddenly explained everything. No wonder. I remember thinking that to myself, well, no wonder I don't have money in my life. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that I will have money in my life if if this is money. I had to end that relationship. I had to get rid of him. That created a new problem, obviously, because I live in Los Angeles and I have now rejected my only relationship with money. It's like, yay, the monster's gone. And I felt this huge gaping vacuum of the space where he had always been and i'd never been aware but as soon he was gone as soon as he was gone it was like the air was sucked out of the room and there was like wow there's a hole and i don't want him to come back so i need to fill the hole right now yay the monster's gone oh heck (laughs) oh heck so stronger language. Um, (laughs) So new problem. I need a relationship with money and I just rejected money for good cause. And my only experience of money has been to make me feel less than Mm -hmm. not good enough, powerless, not wanted, or things are unfair. So, you know, kind of a soul crushing abusive relationship, ladies and Guys, I love you too. Swap gender, swap, you know, <laughs> he, her, they, whatever you like. It works for everybody. But um, I'm going to talk to the ladies because you and I are ladies. Yeah, exactly. Ever been in like a soul crushing abusive relationship with a partner who just tells you that you're not good enough and it's your fault. And, and this person is the best you're ever going to get. You know what I'm talking about? Because that was my relationship with money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't want that again. So I asked myself as I'm thinking, oh crap, but I need a relationship with money. I asked myself, well, who could I want so much, so much that I'd be willing to have a relationship with this person? I would want a relationship with this person, even if it's money. It's actually really important, not because, because any relationship, that is like, what can you do for me? Any transactional relationship is a monster again. Mm -hmm. I'm not teaching you here to imagine like some sort of money, honey fairy, who's gonna rescue you, especially rescue you from yourself. Anything that makes you helpless or the baby or anything like that is just another monster. And what I want is for you to be really powerful. That's why, that's why now I teach you to slay the monster. And we'll we'll get back to that. But so who I asked myself, well, who could I want so much that I would want this person even if it's money? And because I had been in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And I was so like awake to it, like all my neurology, ah, I was wide awake, which is, you know science geeks in the audience you know neuroplasticity that's like the perfect mm-hmm. setting for change and because the the guy felt so real when he was gone and i asked myself that question who could i want so much the replacement the new relationship was like really easy and i'm sharing this because ordinarily i'm the world's worst meditator and i hate meditation because if you ask me to sit by a river i'll spend to imagine sitting by a river i'll spend 45 minutes trying to decide which river But in this case, the new relationship with money just showed up easy peasy. Tall, dark, handsome, romantic, young, safe, clean cut, dressed to the nines in this fancy schmancy tuxedo, holding a bouquet of red flowers as if he was there to woo. And he loved me. And I thought whoa this is so weird like in a good way but money money wanting to woo me like who does that that that's Mm -hmm. different and I like it and it's weird and uncomfortable so I could feel that he wanted to be with me and I also was really aware that a couple things I had the power in the relationship and I was the one who'd been pushing him away all those years. I have the body. I have the power. He had wanted to be with me. It felt like he had been there forever and had wanted to be with me, but I was off canoodling with this monster and rejecting him and I never, ever, ever knew it. And I felt the pain in his heart and I felt so bad about hurting him that way. And I also it suddenly occurred to me, I had no freaking clue how to allow money to be with me because I've been pushing it away so long without even knowing it. I was sort of like an Olympic athlete at pushing money away. So here's the great thing about making money a person is I asked and I asked him, okay, I get it. I get how much you love me. I think you're really awesome. I want to keep you. How do I let you stay with me what do you need from me to Mm. allow you to stay with me the way you want to and when you ask a question you get an answer so he said to me in this very first conversation way back in the olden days i need you to love me and i need you to stop treating me like a monster Mm. i need to address the whole the love of money is the root of all evil thing which mm-hmm. you know i can always hear that in my head when i get here so first of all love is not evil love is not greed love is not exploitation love does not harm love is not scarcity love is generous and kind and noble. It has this kind of yummy, wonderful, overwhelming, abundant, even selfless quality to it that brings out our best. That's love. That's all love is. So it turns out a friend of mine in England was taking a class on ancient Aramaic, which is literally the original language (laughs) of the Bible. And it never actually said that in the original language. In the original language, it said that the worship of money will cause you problems, to which I will say, yeah, that is true. That is true. So let's not, that's not what I'm teaching here. I'm teaching love, the love that makes you the best person that you really are. So I agreed to be a loving relationship partner. And then I had to take a look at What does it look like to stop treating my money like a monster? And I thought of all the times people would call me and want to hire me, and they would ask me the most terrifying question in the human language, which was, How much do you charge? Or euphemistically, How do you work? Which, you know, only took me decades to figure out that that was code for what do you charge? So when somebody asked me that, I'd be in my happy place, you know. Sharing, giving, healing. That's what I love to do. That's like breathing. That's <laughs> and then they would ask me about that. And the the notion of taking money from somebody felt like I was hurting them and causing harm. And I would freak out out and I would choke and I would hem and haw and I would dance around it and I would talk over it and make excuses and justify and all sorts of stuff as if money was this big stinky shameful monster that I wanted everybody to not know that I had any relationship with and it was repulsive to do that not loving so I made an agreement with my money honey on that first day that next time he brought me a gift to woo me out of love and that would usually look like a client I would say thank you and in practical terms what is saying thank you for the gift look like somebody asked me what I charge this is my fee with love like isn't he cute and then I would let the grown-up hello the grown-up on the opposite end of the conversation make a grown-up decision and I would shut up, which by the way, is the most important, necessary, and challenging sales <laughs> skill is just shut up and let somebody be a grown-up and decide what is best for them. Mm-hmm. Let them hire you. Let them hire <laughs> you. I'm speaking to myself right now. And I have made millions of dollars. Since making that adjustment, starting with over the next 24 hours after changing my relationship with money and making that commitment to him, that promise that I would endeavor to love him and stop treating him like a monster. And I would say thank you when he brought me a gift. Within 24 hours, four people hired me for double what I had ever charged before which of course was still too low, but was a huge, terrifying leap for me at the time. And as, as you, Amy, and I were discussing before we started recording, when I gave all my best stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just joking, <laughs> I joke. Um, of course it is. Yeah, no. I know. Over time, as you evolve and you get better and better and better and better at what you do through repetition, And not just repetition, but like clients with new challenges that you solve makes you better, makes the world better, makes the work better. As you evolve, you're going to outgrow your price point. It's going to feel like you're, you know, if you had, I like to think of like, I had this favorite pair of shoes when I was six years old, red patent leather. I used to pretend that I was Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. I'm 55 years old. I cannot fit my feet into those shoes anymore. So there comes a point where what was a very healthy robust fair price point is like trying to squeeze an adult foot into baby shoes and it does not fit and the universe doesn't like it. and that what typically I'll feel like I'll say I'll say the number and then I'll have that oh that kind of sinking feeling of self betrayal or, and then then people stop saying yes. And that's like, time to grow again, time to grow. And I might even have an argument with my money, honey, about it. And he'll say one number and I'll say, oh no, money, honey, I could never. And I'll say another number and we'll just, you know, we'll hash it out. (laughs) But so it's not even about how much money you can make. How much money you can make is billions. I mean, really, it's, but it's for us healer spiritual types, mm-hmm. it's really that sweet spot of integrity and the value that we provide. And I know, Amy, you're a channeler. So I'm going to talk about specifically one of my all time absolute favorite ever clients, a woman named Athena Burke, who when she hired me back, I think around 2007. She was at the time working as a channeler, charging by the hour, had Mm -hmm. mountains of debt, huge mortgage. She was the breadwinner and had two small children, a lot of drama. And she had actually heard me on a recording, I think was, you know, doing my work on her own really, really well, Mm -hmm. had slayed her own money monster on her own, had her money, honey, who told her to hire me before I ever spoke to her and she's sharing her circumstances and I'm getting sucked in and I'm going, Oh my God, you know, so dramatic. And, and then I heard this voice in the back of my head telling me before I got into like talking her out of it, which I still sometimes do. And then clients have to convince me to let me (laughs) hire me. (laughs) doesn't happen often, but you know, had a client from Kazakhstan who did my money goddess retreat. And I spent the whole time trying to talk her out of it. And then she said, but I've been saving up all year. And then I couldn't say no. So back to Athena. So I heard this voice in the back of my head saying to shut up and let her be an adult and make her own decision. So I let her hire me and even hear those words. And Within a few months, she went from mountains of debt to the first interesting, like really weird, interesting thing that happened after we slayed a new money monster. And she had like a, like a more intense monster because I can take someone safely farther than they can safely take themselves. And then a more powerful, even better new relationship, new money, honey. The first really weird thing that happened was that her bank that owned her mortgage called her and offered to pay off her credit card debt and lower her monthly mortgage payments. Wow. Right? Weird. And then we slayed another money monster and had a new money, honey. And then she got good at doing it herself over and over again. Anytime something new would come up, she became, you know, like Buffy, the vampire slayer. She became Athena, the monster slayer. And (laughs) So, within like four or five months, she was making tens of thousands of dollars a month selling packages. And she was even going on what she called money moons, which were money, honey, honeymoons down to Miami for like these spiritual retreats. And the key there, and the reason I brought up that story first, it was triggered because you're a channel and I just like to go wherever I, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm talking, I'm just whatever comes through, is I don't believe and I was talking about this maybe earlier or not, I don't believe in silver bullets. I don't mm-hmm. believe that, oh, do this once and you will never age or die or, and there will be no loss all over the earth. Just think positive thoughts, good vibes only, and nothing bad will ever happen anywhere that challenges your good vibes. That's not life, that's not, that's not what we signed up for. But this is a tool so that you can use, you can use whatever comes. If you have trauma in your background or now, I want you to use it. You've already paid for it. You've paid the price. Milk it. Take it to the bank. I call this process alchemy. It is the transmutation of lead in human experience, every experience of being unloved, unsafe, unworthy, powerless, any illness, any accident, any violence, physical or emotional, anything that ever made you feel not good enough, anything you've done that you feel shame around, I want you to use that make that the root cause, put that into your monster, not you, the monster. So that, and then you can say, I reject you and destroy it, destroy it in the most dramatic way you can imagine, like channel, channel the warrior goddess of Kali Ma or Durga and blow it up. It doesn't get to exist. My mother was a fan of that TV show Highlander in the 80s where they said there can only be one, there can only be one. <laughs> Only one of you gets to survive. Choose you slay the monster. There's something very I want you to use your victim experiences. Like victim out. Put on the victim hat. I am being your coach right now saying go all in. Dive into the victim pit. That's where the treasure is. This is the hero's journey. Take as much as you need. Don't go so far that you have to re-traumatize yourself or dissociate. You don't have Mm -hmm. to go that far to hurt yourself. Not necessary. But go into your victim experiences because they are sacred or they wouldn't have happened and use them as the fuel. They are the lead. It's like a slingshot. The first step is you want to go in the opposite direction of your destination. So we're going into the lead only leave out all your positive thinking or healthy minimizing thoughts like oh well this happens to everybody or it wasn't so bad or it was worse for other people put that in the steel box bury it you can get it later put on your victim hat go in all in for everything that was ever done to you that you're angry about or hurt Mm -hmm. or is happening now in the world there's stuff you can use i promise you from current events and put that in and then create, imagine this monster. How big is it? What does he smell like? What is his breath like? What does he say to you? What does he think about you? What do his fingernails look like? What do his eyeballs look like? What does what his teeth look like? His hair? What is he wearing? You know, just kind of flesh out this person. Is he hot? Is he cold? Whatever. How big is he? and make it a person who embodies everything, everything that you don't want in your life experience, and then make a decision to destroy it, obliterate it, leave no bloody bits, blow it up, cosmic vacuum cleaner, sulfuric acid, I know all the tricks, make it gone. That's step number three. Step number four is when the monster is gone, meet your money, honey, invite your money, honey, and meet this person. It will not work unless the monster is gone. Make it bad enough, big enough. The bigger and badder the monster, the more wonderful and more powerful and present, the opposite, the money honey, who will feel just like love will be. Then have a conversation. What, What do you need from me to be with you the way you want to be with me without limit? Always, what do you need from me? And then the final step, that's five, final step is action. You must take some kind of concrete measurable action. That's what makes takes it out from the ethers and gives gives change physical reality. And it's symbolic. I mean, it could be like on the nose, obvious, like balance your checkbook. Call that person who owes you money and ask them to pay you back or set up a payment plan. That's a big one. File your taxes, any of that. But it can also be go get a massage. I had one client who's, monster and this was a guy client his monster so when he's okay he slayed his monster it was his monster was based on some very innocent thing that he did as a kid that he felt really really bad about decades later and it was affecting his relationship with money and and women mm. but it was an innocent thing that kids just all kids do and so we got that out of the way and by the way i mentioned that because it can be a really deep, dark, horrible, terrifying, traumatic event, or it can be something that actually as an adult, we look at and we say, that's nothing, but it wasn't. Right. And so the monster was out of the way and his new money, honey, was this really elegant French woman who said, I want you to take your son to Paris. So he did. She sa- and she says something interesting and it's funny because I forget so much, but sometimes I just remember things out of all these thousands of people. Uh, She also said something that I've heard with a number of clients, which I am feeling called to share here. She said, it's fine to spend money, but spend me, invest me in things that matter, not on the junk. Don't get rid of me, but I want to go to Paris. Let's take your son to Paris. And he did. And within a month, he made $1.6 million. And I didn't even find out about that from him directly. He referred me a friend who I was coaching who told me, which is why I kind of look at the money stories. And I have like endless money manifestation stories, which are good for marketing and good for legitimacy and credibility and integrity Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But To me, that's sort of like very nice frosting, sort of like it's a side effect of the actual work, which is really honestly, transparently, is our relationship with existence. That's what I'm coaching. The monster is your relationship with yourself and life. The money, honey, your relationship with yourself and life. But we call it money because we especially we healer types need to heal our relationship with money. I called this new being money because I knew that money was that area of life that needed my love and healing the most because it represents power and safety and worth and love, which is the deepest thing in the world.
0: And it's so transformative when you can actually step into that power. And because with money comes opportunity and with opportunity comes healing and opportunity to shine your light Mm -hmm. you shine your light oh my goodness i love Mm it i mean you're so bright it's just Mm -hmm. (laughs) contagious. your light is contagious i love that so where can people find you how can they work with you if they want to easy easy easy
1: morganaray.com that's my website I also have very fancy URLs like abundanceandprosperity.com, but people were searching for me by my name. So that's, that's my website now. And that's the mothership. So at my website, you can find my free money magnetic four part video series. So in our conversation here, there's some things that I go into more deeply than in the videos, but the videos also cover some things that I didn't get to cover here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have my money, love quiz on my homepage. I highly, highly recommend that. It's easy and pain-free. There's, you can't fail it or, you know, do it's, it's All it does is, I believe we're all on the same journey, which mm-hmm. is the freedom, which includes the financial freedom to focus entirely on love lifestyle and legacy the only reason for money to exist is to serve love lifestyle and legacy and when it serves anything else that's when things get perverse and and messed up mm-hmm. but the true purpose is to serve love lifestyle and legacy have a great life travel do good works love and be loved that's the purpose of life we're all on that journey we are financially at different places on that journey. And my goal is to get everybody to financial freedom to focus on the three biggies that make us happy, love, life, sell, legacy. So my money, love quiz, that's just to see where you are and what you need. And based on your responses, I can send you a personalized recommendation on, oh, this is where you are. This is what I think you should do now. And I always, always, always include free stuff. So that's the homepage. And then there's my book, Financial Alchemy 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. I wrote the book that I needed. So the first half is book, words. And then the second half is, is more self coaching. This week isn't done yet, but it's, you know, it's, it is my own personal system for manifestation that I was using anyway and it is what helps me stay on track with my relationship with money day to day to day to day just a couple like a minute a day it's i i believe that if you make actions easy you'll take them mm-hmm. and then and then you get results so that that's my book oh before i forget if you get my book which is available everywhere like walmart <laughs> barnes and noble amazon anywhere if you get my book come back to my website, go to the book page and enter your name, email address, and your receipt number, and you will get a top secret bonus two and a half hour Q&A call recording of people who bought my book, were doing the work. And then we're like, I feel like welcome back, Connor. you know, um, hand waving. Then they, had, then, they, then they had questions. And that's honestly, that's when I am my best when I'm answering somebody's question, so they had they, they hit problems slaying their money monster, or they had a question about their money, honey, or what if they are uh, on one path and their spouse is on a different path? So whatever came up for them, for them to get better results, I was there to answer it and coach them and you vicariously for two and a half hours. That is not, nobody on Amazon knows about it. So there is a bonus recording that everybody on Amazon gets, there's a link inside the book. This is totally separate. And because, you know, so everybody's in the club because you're, you know, watching this. When you get the book, come back to my website to get that bonus.
0: I will add that in the show notes as well. And in the blog. That's awesome. Yay. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, one other question for you before we wrap up that I want to ask that I asked all of my guests. If you have an hour, to sit in your favorite park bench with a person either on this side of the veil or the other, and you get to talk with them for an hour, who would that be? And what would you talk about?
1: Mm. I miss my grandmother. My grandmother was born in Shanghai and came to the U S right before world war II, And she was a dancer with at the, at the, dawn of modern dance in America. She was friends with Martha Graham she was a star dancer for I think his name was Adolf Bohm. she was the interpreter for Igor Stravinsky when he was doing launching Firebird at the Hollywood Bowl and she was dancing in it and she taught ballet to Alvin Ailey oh, so wow. and then and then she invented the very first ever Renaissance pleasure fair. In the 60s in California, which is now they do them all over the planet. And she was an artist. She made this mug that I'm drinking from. So pretty. There's so much that she knows that I would love to know about history and about life. It's funny when you're young. I actually also I had three. I was thinking about this recently. I had three great grandmothers when I was a kid. And when you're five or nine years old, you have no interest in their life stories. (laughs) And I wish I knew now. So yeah, I just, I'm in a place in life where I really, really, really do have this like deep, newfound respect and admiration for my ancestors and the people who came before and I, Few years ago, I started stalking my grandmother and grandfather online, and realized, holy cow, they led such far more glamorous, exciting (laughs) lives than (laughs) I ever have. But when you're a kid, you just don't see that.
0: That's amazing. That would be an interesting conversation to have with her.
1: I think we would just cuddle. I just, I kind of, I want to cuddle. I want to hear her Russian lullabies. I just want to cuddle and tell her how much I love her. And and hear about all of her sexual conquests in the 1960s and (laughs) (laughs) opinions on stuff. What? Do you think she would tell you? Oh, she already has. (laughs) Oh. She's funny.
0: That's amazing. I'm sure she is. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I have learned so much about my money, honey. I can't wait to figure out who he is or she. We'll see.
1: It's whoever you find, whoever makes your heart flutter. It doesn't matter. My request to you, Amy, and anybody watching or listening is if anything interesting happens, let me know. I love, I love that stuff. Just let me know. And, And I will ask you if I can like share your story on my wall of fame on my website and you get to decide for yourself.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you. This has just been phenomenal. I've enjoyed listening to you talk. You are amazing. Like I said, you are just such a bright light. So thank you. thank you for sharing. That means a
1: lot coming from you. That really does. Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you, and remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.